Welcome back to Solid Steps Radio. I'm Chad Russell. That's Kurt Satter. We're here with Steve Carter today, and we're talking about stewardship. And if you've just picked up on this and, and you say, hey, I'm having some financial issues, or hey, I'm, I'm really having some issues with stewardship of my life, uh, and you want to hear all this in its entirety, you can go to Facebook, you can go to SoundCloud, and you can just type in Solid Steps Radio, and you can hear all of our shows, podcasts uh, for uh, free and commercial free, thanks to our sponsors, and LNN Credit Union, Carpet One, uh, Carol Rogers Carpet One, and Bright Star. And then the first couple segments we've talked to with Steve about, the last segment we talked about three areas of life that really kind of defines what good stewardship looks like when it comes to finances. Uh, saving your money wisely, uh, living on a budget, and the third one we just talked about just before the break was living debt-free. So Steve, um, you talked about getting out of debt, but does that mean mortgage too? Does that mean our house? What does that look like? I think it can look like that. I would make that the last debt that you tackle. Uh, you want to get all your credit cards paid off, all the things that really have high interest rates. You really want to focus on those things first and get those out of the way. But your mortgage is one of the bigger line items in your budget. And so when you get free from that debt in your life and you're no longer enslaved to that lender, then you've got the freedom to do more things that God wants you to do with that money. So even though there's advantages, you know, our government allows it, there's advantages to having a mortgage and writing off the interest and all that, all that good stuff that goes with that. But you'd still say, is as as we get rid of the debt, get get rid of the car debt, get rid of the school debt, get rid of you know credit card debt, all all of that, and then really aggressively move towards getting out of debt with the mortgage with, that, with your home. That's right, and I've I've got a lot of people in my life who have done that, and they will tell you the difference that that's made in their families' lives and the opportunity to really advance God God's kingdom with the money that that they bring home in their paychecks on a regular basis. That's good. Okay, so we're, we're, st- we're on this pathway of, of moving towards, you know, really good biblical stewardship. What's, what, what else you got, Steve? You know, uh, another one would be to make room for margin. Another marker of biblical stewardship is that you live with margin. I'm often reminded of the story of the Good Samaritan, and as he comes down the road and, and encounters this man who's been you know, beaten up and left on the side of the road. He stops to help the man, but part of what is most intriguing in that story to me is that he had the money to be able to take care of that man. He had margin in his finances for this opportunity that God put in front of him, and he was able to seize that opportunity and really help that man. In fact, when he dropped him off at the, uh, the inn where he left him to be cared for, uh, he said, look, I'll be back in a little while, and I'll, I'll make up any difference of cost that needs mm. to be. And so he was prepared and able to do that. I, I often say where there is no margin, there is no ministry in our life. And so having that financial margin in our life gives us the opportunity to uh, serve the people that are right in front of us and love them. So a single mom, uh, you know, a widow, people around us that so we see in need— when we have that margin, we're able to give. That's right. That's, That's good. Right. That's good. Um, what What else you got? You know, the last thing that I would say that really stands out to me about that marks a biblical steward is a person who gives generously. Um, and you can't read through God's Word without understanding that God has a desire for us to live 
in a way that we're willing to part with the money that he's entrusted with us whenever he calls us to do that, to give it in places of need. He's really focused on other people uh, more often than we are, right? We're focused on ourselves and what we need and what we want, um, but God is really focused on taking care of others. And so give generously would be another marker. Okay, and, and, and when you say give generously, describe that uh, biblically in, in, in terms of, well, who do we give to? What do we give to? What, what does that look like? Well, the Bible talks about the very first 10% of our income, uh, our increase, the Bible says, what comes in needs to go to the storehouse or what we know as the modern day church. So your local church where you're a part of, should you should be giving the very first of your income to that place. 10% is what the Bible talks about. Then beyond that, you would give to those who are in need. That'd be the poor, the, the, the widow, the orphans, the, the places that God, where God's heart is. You just look and say, well, what does God have, what does God have a heart for? And you begin to look and into this world and the world that you live in and say, well, where can I enter into giving to those who have need? Mm. And then other ministries and, and the like. That's right. That could be some missionaries you're wanting to support or a ministry here locally that you want to support. I often find that people give to places where they want to get involved in serving as well. And so oftentimes it's a combination of not just about writing checks and giving money, but it's about giving of yourselves to those places where God really has called you uh, to be involved. Steve, you tell a story about your, you, you watched your grandma really, really give generously. And, and what, it was money, but it was, it was also more than money. And that's what, really what you're talking about. It's, it's not just money. It's, it's your life. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, growing up, I didn't, I didn't think my grandparents had very much money. They lived in this very small, meager ranch house, maybe a thousand square feet. Um, you know, they didn't drive fancy cars, anything like that. I found out later in life, in fact, they had done a very good job uh, of stewarding their money and they had a whole lot of money, uh, but they gave a lot of it away and they didn't keep very much of it for themselves. And that really made an impact on me as as an adult, as I began to think back on what I saw and witnessed as a child growing up with my grandmother Carter. And um, she, she would make things for people. She had a gift of sewing and she was constantly at that sewing machine. <laughs> I'd go stay with her for a week and during the day she'd spend hours at that sewing machine making crafts, making clothes. And then she would take my sister and I on the road and we would go all throughout Carthage, Tennessee, delivering these gifts that she had made for people. And uh, what I noticed about it was just how much pleasure it gave her. She just had this joy about her. And, and I think she was smiling the most when she would, we'd be sitting in the living room with somebody and she was delivering one of those gifts to them. So she just really lived out this generous life that God called us to. You know, I'm, I'm reminded of a verse uh, in, that Paul wrote to Timothy. He said, but godliness with contentment is a, is a beautiful thing. That's exactly right. You know, I, I sometimes wonder about myself, what if I didn't know what everyone else had? Or, you know, would, I, would it change what I want if I didn't know what everybody else had? You know what I mean when mm, I say that, Kurt? Yeah. That how much more money would I have saved if I didn't know what you had spent your money on? 
or how much money would I have given instead of keeping if I didn't know what you had spent your money on? There, there's a statement that Jesus says, and it's more blessed, blessed to give than to receive. And, and, and we live in a culture today, we, we just, we think the, the complete opposite of that. That's right. That's exactly right. When I look back at my grandmother Carter, I see that she recognized the blessing of giving. You know, I, uh, when, when my papa died uh, and she became a widow, instead of slowing down, she kind of picked up. And <sighs> she uh, had retired from uh, running this fabric store in town that she'd run all her life. And she began to serve in the hospital there locally. And she was there every day. And she became kind of a fixture in that hospital as she served all the patients and so forth that were in there. And um, I, I just remember being in that hospital uh, in those last few days before she died, recognizing um, by all the people that had come in there to say, to pay the respects and say thank you to this woman who had given so much of her life to others in that community. Well, I mean, what a tribute. You're at the end of your life and you're known as a giver. Mm -hmm. You're known as one who it's more blessed to give than to receive. We're not, we're not looking to receive, we're looking to give. And to be, and really that's the heartbeat and the attitude of, of looking out for others. That's a... Paul writes to Timothy in 1 Timothy 6. He said, Command those who are rich in this present world to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. In this way, you'll lay up treasure for yourselves as a firm foundation for the coming age so that you may take hold of the life that is truly life. And I think about how what God really wants for us as we are generous, as we receive the blessing of giving, is that we get to live this life that is truly life. Wow, that's good. You know, um, we're going to take a break, but I want to... I wanna really zero in on this last segment, Steve, on what it means to, to love money. And the Bible talks about being eager to love money and to kind of pursue money. And uh, so we're going to talk about that. We're going to take a break right now. Yeah, in 2 Timothy, 2 Timothy 3, it says here, Paul's writing to Timothy, he says, but mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money boastful, proud, abusive, and he goes on and on. That looks like my Facebook feed, the truth of the matter is, and, and also a little bit of my life too. So that uh, we're going to talk a little bit more about that uh, loving of money when we get back here on Solid Steps Radio. Welcome back to our fourth and final segment of Solid Steps Radio. Thanks for listening. We are here to talk to guys primarily and uh, ladies thank you for listening to but we're talking to men about how to be good stewards and this is one of those things that passivity is rampant in in many men's lives I struggle with it in many areas and this is probably one area where we start talking about money where many men just want to go backwards instead of leaning into it and so we thank Steve for coming in today and helping unpack uh, some principles uh, not just principles but what do we need to do to kind of reverse course. Steve, we talked, the, the Bible talks about for the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. And, I, and I've asked myself a question. Do I love money? And I'm like, oh, I don't, 
I don't like the answer that I'm, I think is the truth. And, and, and then it goes on to say those eager for money. And I'm like going at times I'm really eager for money. And, and, and then also lines up with, you know, this whole discontentment thing, because, you know, I, Paul says in to Timothy he says in first Timothy chapter six, but godliness with contentment is, is a beautiful thing. It's a, it's, it's awesome. And I'm like, Oh, am I content? And I'm, am, talk about that a little bit. Uh, Kurt is, I'm, I'm confessing my sins well, right here. Well, yeah, but, Steve. It's, <laughs> but it's something every one of us and probably every listener struggles with is discontentment and living, living in a way that, um, what we could have it taken away from us or we could have it and we're still going to be okay. We're still going to be content with what we have. And discontentment leads to some real dangerous things in our lives. That's what causes us to go into debt. It's what causes us to not save, but rather spend on things now because we have this dangerous issue of discontentment in our life. And it, and it leads, it really leads us to the heart of the matter when it comes to stewardship. It's do, do we have money or does money have us? And for most of us, we get this wrong in our lives. You know, Steve, um, I, I had a friend who has significant resources. And, and another friend and I, we were just kind of talking. And he said, I think money has him. Mm. And um, my goodness, I hope that's not... Uh, but, but I think in our culture, in our world today, money can have us. And what God really wants is he wants all of us. We, we want him. We pursue him. But, but in the break, you, you, you made, made a comment about um, really what we're to do is we're to give first, then save, and then live the balance out of, out of that. And you made a comment. Many times we do the, the flip-flop of that. That's right. Most people, you know, live... This is your experience as you're working it's been with. In my experience, that people when they come to me and they say, "Here's, you know, I'm a mess," or "It's not working for me," and when I look at the way their budget plays out, it's that they, you know, live first, maybe save a little bit if there's something left over, and and giving is just, you know, kind of the crumbs that are left after everything else is gone, and so whenever that's the case, we've kind of got that reverse from God's way of managing money because we know what God's word says about giving a tithe uh, which is a first the first fruits of our income and a a 10% amount and so that give has to happen first and then the wise thing to do is to save second and then live on what's left right one of the questions that we ask all the time about this line item in our budget of living is how much is enough right and so often we're chasing after more and more and more, but at some point we just have to answer that question for us as a family based on what God is saying to us, how much is enough for us to live? And that gives us the opportunity to give first and save second. You know, Steve, and, and that leads to really live, you know, living a life of contentment, not being eager for money. And then you, in the break, you mentioned a verse out of Luke chapter 16. Would you read, read that for our listeners and comment? Yeah, Jesus was teaching about this topic, um, but you didn't realize he was talking about it at first because he says, no one can serve two masters. 
Either you'll hate the one and love the other, or you'll be devoted to the one and despise the other. And you're, you know, the listeners were going, well, Jesus, I, you know, no one owns me. I mean, I got control of myself. I don't know what you're talking about. No one's the master of me. But then he goes on and says, you cannot serve both God and money. Now, you might have expected him to say you cannot serve both God and Satan, but he was really getting to what I think what he was really saying was that money so often, most often for us as American Christians, is the chief competitor over Jesus for our heart. It gets in the way of our relationship with Jesus. And so this word master that Jesus was using, they knew what that meant. They knew that that was something that owned us or had the possession of. That's what it meant to be the master in that context. And so the question is, is money mastering us? Is money what owns us or possesses us? Or is it God? And because what he's saying to us is it can't be both. And how do... How do we ad- we identify that, Steve? How do we, how can we get really honest with ourselves and go, you know what, money, money has me, you know, at, at least it, at least some of the time. And I'm glad you said get honest with us because I think we're not honest with ourselves about this issue, right? Uh, I heard Tim Keller, uh, pastor in uh, New York City, say recently that in all of his pastoral counseling that he's done in all of his years, he's never had someone come in and confess the sin of greed. You know, you confess all kinds of sins. I mean, all that happens, but no one ever comes in and says, oh, I got a real problem with greed. And I think it's just, we're just not aware of that. You know, greed, I heard one pastor say that it's assuming all of it is for our consumption. Mm-hmm. When in fact, uh, that's not the way God looks at it when he gives us the money and entrusts us that money. And so, it, you know, we think if it shows up in my bank account, then it's for me. If it shows up in my paycheck, then it's for me. If I inherit it, then it's for me. And that greed enters into our life and it, and it really comes from, it really shows us that we have a love for money instead of putting God in that first place in our life. Okay, so that's, as we wrap up, what do we do about all this? Well, the first thing we have to do is recognize it in our life. You know, recognize issues of discontentment, issues of greed, places where we're putting money in a place of control over our lives. And then we need to repent of that thing. We need to say to the Lord, I'm, I'm going to stop going this direction. I'm going to start going in your direction. And that repentance process is a huge part of really changing your heart in this area. Because until your heart changes, your behaviors are not going to follow. Lord, you got to get that heart right first. Lord, I'm sorry. I, I have been pursuing money. I, I have been greedy. Lord, I, I don't want to walk down that pathway. I want to live generously. I want to live as a good steward of yours and forgive me of my greed. Forgive me of my selfishness. That's right. So you want to recognize it in your life, acknowledge it, repent. And then the third thing I do is get help. Most people need a little help on that journey. Maybe you need to dive into a Bible study about stewardship and money. Maybe you need to get into a Financial Peace University class, the Dave Ramsey uh, plan for managing money God's way. Uh, Maybe you just need to find a financial coach, a friend, or even something within one of your churches that can help you out um, by coaching you in these principles uh, the Bible has around money. 
whatever whatever that looks like for you need to most of us need to get a little help that's that. good steve it's been great to have you on uh, our hour is up uh would you pray for us would you pray for us guys that we would be good solid biblical stewards and uh honor god i'd be glad to do that let's pray together father god we just acknowledge that everything we have belongs to you and that statement changes everything for us god that what we've been talking about today is something that can be really difficult that we can get wrong in our lives and so god we would just ask i would just ask you to help the men and listeners of this broadcast right now help them walk in the ways that your bible speaks of Mm -hmm. god help us to live the kind of generous lives that you intended for us to live and god i pray that you would make a way for those out there who have taken the step of acknowledging that this is a problem and have repented god would you give them someone to come alongside of them and help them take their first step in stewardship and rightly stewarding that which you've entrusted to them and god we recognize that you are the ultimate giver and that you gave your one and only son so that we could live and so we thank you for being a generous god and Mm -hmm. may we be generous people as a reflection of who you are in our lives and i pray this in jesus name amen amen thanks steve appreciate it greatly proverbs 4 23 above all else guard your heart for everything you do flows from it and that is one of those that could sum up everything we've talked about. You got to guard your heart because everything we do in our life behavior wise flows through our heart. And Steve said, you change your heart, you'll change your behavior. And many people want to change their behaviors, change doing things, but we got to go to our heart first. So, uh, hey, thanks for listening. We appreciate you very much. Pass this along to someone who needs to hear it, which is anyone. And uh, we thank you so much for listening to Solid Steps Radio. With